Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm Alec Greb, CEO and engineer of Elite Automation, host of the Manufacturing Come Up. And today we have a special guest, one that's going to help you navigate your career and has a ton of valuable content. We actually had to stop our off-camera conversation just because there's too much value being dropped and we weren't grabbing it. So here today we have Michael Sullivan, a.k.a. Solly. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. You know, like we was talking about before, I think you're you're in a very unique position to be on this podcast because, you know, being in the recruitment space, you're seeing both sides of, you know, what the employer is looking for and then what the employee needs to be prepared for. So I think there's a ton of value you're going to be able to add uh, in this podcast around that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. First, before we get started, I guess let's go ahead and like kind of get to where you're currently at in your career. Sure. And then take us back to how, how this all transpired. Yeah, no, good good question. So um, currently I'm a senior uh, executive recruiter for Miller Resource Group. So uh, the firm as a whole uh, is a little over 50 years old. Um, we focus, uh, there's two sides really. There's the industrial automation space and kind of all the little nuances there. And then there's food and beverage manufacturing. Um, so how we got, I guess, into automation initially, this is before you and I were around, but um, our current president, Gary Miller, uh, he has been with the firm for over 40 years. Uh, he came in uh, basically looking for a job because back then the firm was called Sales Consultants of Oak Brook. And uh, as the name suggested, they would help companies find salespeople. It didn't really matter what they were selling, but that's that was yeah. their thing. And so he came in as a recent college grad, hoping that they would help him find a job. Instead, they offered him one as a recruiter. He never left. Uh, bought the firm from the founder, changed the name, and uh, just so happened to be at his desk one day, and the phone rang, and this person said, "We heard from so and so that uh, you know your company you know helps helps find salespeople." And Gary's like, "Yeah, that's right." And they're like, "Well, we don't know if you can help us at all or not, but we've created this thing. It's called the Programmable Logic Controller. We need people to go out and sell it for us." And so that was basically you know his foray. Uh, into automation, and obviously we've gone a lot deeper and wider, you know, since. But my uh, my focus here really is kind of leading the uh, business development and the recruiting efforts, uh, specifically with what I would call like the factory side of automation. So anything with robotics, you know, assembly, machine vision, AI, uh, that that's pretty much uh, you know what I what I focus on here uh, throughout North America. Um, how I got here and kind of how I. I guess got into manufacturing, just kind of the industrial space. It was kind of, it was kind of by by chance. I mean, nobody, nobody, you know, as a kid says, I want to be a recruiter when I grow up, right? It just doesn't work that way. Uh, but my initial, like, first part of my career professionally was in higher education uh, admissions, wh whether it was brick and mortar campus or online programs. So I had a you know good nine or ten year run uh, helping people in that respect. Um, and then we started a family. I wanted to, you know, a little bit more of a kind of a work-life balance. And I stumbled across an opportunity to uh, be an account executive for ThomasNet, the old Thomas Register, the green, green yep. books, right, yep. that everybody remembers. And so that was really kind of my, I guess, initial exposure to, you know, production facilities and, and engineering firms and integrators and kind of going in and seeing how things were made, right? And I, I just found it fascinating. And, um, you know, they, they were going to be going in a different direction as a company. And so I, you know, I had a young family 
and uh, I needed to find something. And, you know, I stumbled upon Miller Resource Group and it was basically the two things that I really liked. It was, you know, helping people, uh, you know, with their career paths and then still getting a chance to work, you know, with manufacturing and in the industrial space. So it's been kind of the perfect marriage in a sense for me. Um, like I said, that's been almost seven years ago since I, since I've been here. Congratulations. Whenever, whenever you first took that first position, um, what, what did that type of position entail when you were working with the colleges? Uh, it was basically on kind of the front end of the house. So I worked for um, Colorado Tech uh, online. They had some brick and mortar campuses as well, but it basically was helping people, mostly, mostly working adults and, and military at that time. Uh, but basically helping people with uh, whether it was their, you know, pursue their associates, their bachelor's, their master's degrees. Um, you know, that was essentially what we would do. And I, you know, kind of rose up the ranks there, you know, over the years and, and got into some, some management opportunities. Um, and then, um, like I said, they, the, the company uh, was going through some changes at the, at the time. There was, you know, some layoffs that went down. Uh, so that's how I ended up at ThomasNet then. Um, and, and like I said, that was, that was really eye-opening in a sense. I mean, there was one, I remember, uh, cause I was a big, like, you know, grill, you know, grill guy, like anytime in the summer, you know, always had the grill out, you know, do, doing something. And one of my clients actually made, when I was at Thomaset, they made these huge machines, these briquetting machines that would actually make the charcoal briquettes. So like oh, Kingsford, okay. Kingsford, for example, would be one of their customers. And I remember going back and you know, seeing how these things were made. And I was like, yeah, this is the coolest thing. And uh, like I said, we get essentially the same, you know, type of experience here now, you know, partnering with our clients, you know, going to shows like Fabtech and Automate and IMTS and actually, you know, seeing, you know, the technology live and in person and, 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 and being able to talk about it then, you know, to a candidate and really kind of, you know, just add a whole nother level uh, of value to the conversation as opposed to just, you know, hey, here's a link to their website. Here's the job description. Let me know what you think. Um, you know, by, by investing in, in our time and going to these shows, you know, we can say, man, I was just at Automate. They debuted this machine. It's going to be disruptive to the industry. There's a lot of buzz, you know, so just really bringing it, being able to bring, yeah. you know, that extra content to the conversation um, that's like you said, that's the exciting part for me or one of them anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of like, but like you said, going to the events, like that's one of the things that we're focused on is like really having a true understanding ourselves of, of like what these events are, what they entail. And, and that way we can potentially either connect our customers or, uh, connect, you know, some college student that's like, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about getting the packaging. Okay. Yeah. Well, have you heard of pack expo? Like you should probably check that out or Hey, I'm thinking exactly. about getting into welding. Have you heard of FabTech? You know, uh, exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, the the awareness piece. I mean, and that's really something too that you know we we got to practice what we preach in terms of the awareness. Um, you know, there's been a couple of instances where you know we've brought um, you know seniors from a local a local high school, um, and we would bring them to the show on the last day and, and you know introduce them you know, to some of our clients, let them just kind of see and absorb, you know, everything. Cause there's still, as you know, there is still this stigma uh, when it comes to manufacturing that it's, you know, the old, 
Henry Ford assembly lines and it's just monotonous and it's the same thing. And it couldn't be farther from the truth, you know? So I, I think that's something that, you know, collectively, and I know we're all, we're all preaching the same thing, but you know, you've got to start as early as possible with the next generation and expose them to all the cool stuff Mm -hmm. that is in automation. Um, whether it's, you know, the, the design, you know, the, the selling of it, um, servicing it, you know, whatever that, whatever path they want to take. Um, it's such, it's such a cool field to get into. And a lot of people, I, I still think a lot of people maybe aren't as aware, um, is what they should be. So like I said, if nothing else, hopefully with like the work that you're doing, you know, and having this podcast and, you know, kind of sharing, you know, the stories that we have, you know, even if it just impacts one person, that's a win right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for students and especially, you know, you just said this and it really popped in my mind, like really the teachers of like schools should also be like attending these events so that they, that way they can bring that awareness to, to the kids there. Cause like, you know, if you have, let's just say for instance, a college and, and it's a, uh, they're teaching like PLC classes, and it's the instructor instructor of the PLC class. If they haven't been to an event in five years, they've only been teaching. Like, what do they really know of the industry, right? Like, are they where where are they getting their new information? Are they are they on places like LinkedIn? And and that kind of brings me to the next thing of, you know, the two the two value adds and things that I think people have to do, whether they're a student teacher, uh, somebody in the career, is be on LinkedIn be observing what's going on on LinkedIn, who's talking on LinkedIn and what companies are, are, are doing different things. Uh, and then events go yeah. into as many of these uh, industry events. And this goes for any, you know, definitely manufacturing, but any type of uh, career path, you know, there's, there's industry events for any industry you could pretty much think of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, especially like, like let's say first, if somebody was to go around and do like we did this year, and get like a flavor taste of every single one of these events, your mind is open. I mean, I've been in this industry 10 years and, and my mind is opened in a whole nother way that uh, just, just really experiencing, like understanding exactly what Fabtech is and, 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 and understanding all the different things and the, all the nuances that are going on in each individual, like small sector of each uh, industry, you know, like Fabtech here, what do you, you have? Like welding, water jetting, uh, you know, metal bending, like there's so many like small subsectors of industry that are just here alone. They use like what, metal bending. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, um, yeah, no, those you're, two, those, yeah, go ahead. you're exactly right. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta be a sponge. Right. And it's, um, and I'm, I'm realistic, you know, when, when I talk to both, whether it's a client you know, or a candidate, you know, somebody that's been in the industry, you know, a lot longer than me, or, um, you know, maybe they come from actually, a, you know, an engineering, you know, background. I, I tell them straight away, I'm like, you guys will forget more about this stuff that I can learn in my lifetime. But like I said, by at least us investing in our time and, and going to these shows as frequently as we have over the years, you know, I, it, it does help, you know, you do pick up you know, like the nuances that, that you mentioned, you know, you, you, you get more comfortable with, you know, the terminology, you know, the, the technology, how it's being applied. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, like when I first started here, uh, you know, I literally had to sit down, okay, this is what a system integrator does versus a high-tech value-add distributor compared to 
a, supp a supplier, you know, versus a custom machine builder, right? I mean, I literally yeah. was, you know, I, they're, they're, they all do, you know, it seems like on the outside, they're all doing the similar things, but it's, it's really not. So yeah. by, you know, immersing yourself or immersing myself, you know, in, in it, uh, that's how you learn. And it's going to be a constant, you know, constant process. You're, you're, you're always going to be learning because like you saw just the last couple of days, there's so much new technology out there. Um, and if the minute you stop going to these shows, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to stop learning and you're, you're going to, you know, people are going to pass you by in a hurry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and another big thing is, is the understanding what direction you want to go, especially if you're young in your career, right? You, a lot of times you don't know what direction you want to go or people stumble into the career path that they, that they have. Um, and especially I think for like the happiness and satisfaction of a career, Mm -hmm. Doing a little bit more flavor tasting and understanding of what's out there is, is super, super important. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I always tell people there's nothing, there's no worse feeling in my opinion in the morning when the alarm goes off and you're not looking forward to where you're going that day <laughs> work-wise. I mean, that's, yep. that's a miserable existence, you know, but yep. I, I think that's, that's what's, again, that's another cool piece of the automation industry is there's so many different directions that mm -hmm. you can go, right? And, and especially depending on, you know, what, what company you're with and, and what they're up to. I mean, there's so much, you know, diversification out there in the industries that they serve and, and the different types of solutions that they can deliver. It's like literally every day is going to be something different. And then to me, that's that, that would be extremely exciting and rewarding at the same time because you're, you know, you're maybe helping, you know, an automotive centric client one day and then the next day you're helping somebody maybe in agriculture you know and yeah. automate that process i mean it's just it's just really cool yeah yeah absolutely what are some things that you're seeing in the industry uh you know as you have this like i'll say like eagle this bird's eye view of, sure. of kind of the industry and what's going on within the recruiting space uh no good good question i think we were kind of talking about this, you know, beforehand, um, just the, the accelerated pace that, uh, that automation is being adopted at now versus, you know, pre pre COVID, right? So COVID was this black swan event, nobody saw it coming. Um, and as a result, if somebody out there was, you know, hesitant to automate or they didn't feel they needed to, they really don't have a choice right now. And so what that's doing is it's creating a lot more jobs out there in the industry. And, and like I had alluded to, uh, you know, earlier, I started seeing a trend right around this time about two years ago where, you know, a lot of our uh, current and new clients were coming to us. They needed new salespeople because they had identified, you know, opportunities, you know, in the market to go and, and automate, you know, whether it was new customers or go deeper and wider with existing customers. So we started filling a bunch of sales positions um, at all levels, you know, territory, regional, national, it didn't matter. That carried then into 2021. Well, all of those, you know, POs that the sales folks were winning, now those clients are coming back saying, crap, we don't have enough engineers on the back end to help design and, and deliver, you know, on these, on these solutions, on these projects. So then we started filling, you know, more engineering positions. You know, obviously team sizes, you know, company sizes were growing. 
Uh, that opened up, you know, more management positions, new director level positions. So, you know, if you, you know, fast forward to, to, to this fall, uh, you know, pretty much between like 60 and 75% of all the positions that we've either filled or we're working on are newly created. They didn't exist before. So I think from our perspective, I think that's one thing that you're going to continue to see um, is just a hiring frenzy, um, new positions being created out of necessity. Uh, the other thing that is really um, is really been cool to see is the number of robots that are being deployed in non-automotive settings, right? So yep. it's like, I, you know, and we can probably, you know, I don't have the, the, the number in front of me, obviously, but, you know, just seeing all the different types uh, of applications now for robotics just continuing to grow, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, you know, some of the things with AI that's coming into, you know, the industry now, um, you know, when I, when I first started, you know, a AI was kind of a buzzword and at least it wasn't really talked about much you know, in the manufacturing side, but now you have companies like, you know, Landing AI, for example, out of Palo Alto that, that you know, is really starting to come into this space. You know, so you, you see a lot more with machine learning, um, you know, computer learning, um, robots as a service. I mean, who, who would have thought a few years ago about, you know, companies literally being able to rent out a robot by the hour? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's, another, that's another recent thing. Uh, you know, that we're seeing too. There's some companies out there that are that are trying to make a go at that and, and are finding some success. So, yeah, there's just, I mean, I think we see that it's just the tip of the iceberg, you know, from an innovation standpoint. It's, you know, every year is going to bring, bring something new and exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned also off, off camera that uh, a lot of your, your recruiting positions are, are new positions that actually didn't even exist in the industry. Right. But yeah, can you, yeah, go ahead and dive into that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll take take UR for an example. You know, they they had those, you know, they split the business into those segments, whether it was welding, palletizing, machine tending, um, and, and they want essentially subject matter experts, you know, at different levels, um, you know, within, within those segments. So, you know, those are highly visible, you know, positions you know, that, that didn't exist before. And I, I think, you know, a lot of the companies that are winning right now, whether they're, you know, you know, multi-billion dollar, you know, entities, or if it's a small or a medium size, uh, you know, company, um, those are the folks right now that are winning is that, okay, what is, what's a new direction that we can go into? Uh, you know, what are we really good at? And, and how can we do more of that? How can we bring more value? Um, so it's just, it's a really exciting time, you know, for us across the industry uh, because there are, you know, we're not really, you know, we're not seeing positions that need to be filled because somebody wasn't doing a good job and we got to, somebody's got to come in and be Mr. Fixit. I mean, you know, anybody yeah. out there, you know, engineers are all busy. You know, the sales folks are extremely busy. They're having record year after record year. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's just, it's a really, it's a really exciting time to be associated with the industry because there's, there's just so much going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One second. Can you guys hear the, the beeping that keeps happening? That? Y'all hearing that? No? 
I'm gonna close it anyway because I hear it. It's annoying. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and kind of to lean into that, like one of the things that you mentioned with one of the positions you just recently filled that these positions are kind of navigating towards like a new culture and like the way that our world's shifting, like with, you know, like social media, like some of these positions are, are, are becoming about and becoming a, a real thing because the social media, uh, aspects right like the fact that like now now there's a whole world of, of marketing selling on social media that you know at one point in time like didn't really have it wasn't there it didn't exist right so why would yeah. you hire executives for that position or hire directors for that position um and things like that is like just changing kind of the ecosystem of of the way companies do business well absolutely i mean from a just from a, a branding standpoint whether it's you know, you're promoting your company brand, you know, or your or your personal brand. Um, I mean, link, LinkedIn really has been a tremendous tool and I think will continue to be a tremendous tool um, for really any, anybody out there. But specifically, you know, if we're talking just about automation, you know, I love what I love what you guys do. And, and I know there's other you know friends of ours that we have in the industry that will go to the show, will highlight a company. We'll interview, you know, folks at the booth and really kind of help tell that story and get it out to the masses. Um, and, and, and what a, you know, what tremendous awareness, you know, that's going to bring. Because, again, we were talking about somebody maybe who's, you know, interested in getting into automation, but they're not quite sure. You know, yeah. they might, you know, very well see that, you know, video or see that promo that somebody puts out on social media and be like, wow, that looks like a cool company. Those people, yeah. obviously, you know, everybody's smiling at that booth. They, they're invested. They want to be there. That's the type of company that I want to, that I want to work for. Right. And yeah. uh, that's the, again, the companies that are winning, you know, the war on talent right now, because it is going to continue to be a very competitive market. It's very candidate driven candidates, you know, the A plus candidates um, that, that we're working with, you know, they have options, not just the stuff that we bring to them, but you know they're you know they're probably sourcing maybe something out on their own, leveraging their network. You know they have other maybe another recruiter that brought them something else. You know so the companies that you know really can tell their story um, effectively and like I said, get people from interested to excited. Um, yeah. Those are the folks that are winning right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like literally right before we jumped on this podcast, we we had to leave. Uh, Will Will. Hilly, he was over here running around grabbing UR content. Yeah. Um, and, and Jake was over there with him as well. And, uh, you know, it's for them and for us as well, like our, our, our purpose of, of making this content is like to bring this show to like people that can't make it to the show. Exactly. You know, so that way they can experience, at least get some taste of it. Like, you won't be able to get the full vibe of the show unless you come and experience it yourself. Right. Uh, but definitely you could at least get some flavor of it and kind of have an understanding of the, you know, the type of systems that are here, the type of equipment that are here. Um, a couple of cool things that were outside of the welding space or outside of the, you know, automation space, uh, Lincoln, I believe it was, or the, uh, the welding association, they had uh, virtual welding 
Bronius. Bronius had physical welding, so they just okay. have lines. People just come on, try try our welders out, get to, you know, sit up there and weld as long as you want, as long as there's no line. They're just letting people sit there and weld all day. That's um, awesome. Jenna had That's the opportunity awesome. to 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 weld for the first time, so you know, people just like if they're thinking about welding, if I've commented at my brother because he's uh getting close to graduating high school and and he's thinking about being in welding and um told him i said man you missed out man this is the event you should have been at you know yeah exactly but i mean it's it's like we talked about before i i remember i think it was i think it was last year we were talking about automate forward when we did that virtual event and i was on a, i was on a panel uh my buddy ted rogier at festo didactic i remember was was moderating the panel and you know here's little old me right alongside with, you know, some, you know, company presidents and, you know, industry, you know, industry, you know, executives. And um, I remember towards the end, and then the whole panel was about um, basically the um, kind of the, the, the next generation of workers in the space. And, you know, how do we, you know, how do we kind of, um, you know, combat the skills gap, right? We all heard that term skills gap and yes, it exists, but and I was just throwing my two cents out at the end. I said, I think there's just as much of an awareness gap uh, as well. And it's like, what can we do, you know, as an industry to address that? I mean, you know, first robotics and, you know, programs like that are great um, STEM focused or STEAM focused, you know, um, programs at, you know, the elementary level, even um, I think, you know, need, need to be, we could do so much more with, you know, educating, and making people aware uh, yeah. of this industry. Um, and, and like I said, I, I applaud you guys for, you know, for doing stuff like this um, because it, it is, it, it all is going to add up, you know, the stuff that Jake does, Chris, Will, you know, you guys, um, you know, it, it, it is going to make a difference uh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to have some, you know, definitely have at least at bare minimum, right. Some impact um you know ideally like it's a massive impact right um and i i truly believe i think awareness because awareness awareness is is the issue right i think there's other issues but i think it's like the number one issue um you know i can't i i and so many other people in the industry come into this industry and had no clue they were going to get into this industry Mm -hmm. right if and if most of the people in the industry are just stumbling into the industry that means they weren't even aware of it they just they you know what i mean it was just you know, luck of the draws, fate, you know, that, that brought them to where they're at. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I think too, another piece, another piece that I would say um, you were asking earlier about, you know, kind of what our clients are looking for and, and what's important yeah. to them now. Um, one thing that I would say is if you're, if, if you're a young person and you're, you know, looking at, getting into whether it's a, a, you know, an apprenticeship program or a two-year, four-year degree, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, obviously steer towards automation. But if you're going to be, if you're going to have a kind of an engineering focus, you know, double E's are, double E's are always going to be in need. Mechanical engineers are always going to be in need. But, you know, the one thing that our clients really, you know, want us to try to find, you know, as many as we can are those folks with a mechatronic, you know, specialty. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if, if, if that would be one piece of advice too, to give a young person is if you can, if you can find a mechatronics program and kind of get the best of both worlds, that's going to, that's going to open up even more doors for you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's like, 
thing that the thing that kind of sucks with that is like I don't know I don't know personally know of a lot of colleges that are doing that at a, at an engineering degree level. No. Um, you know, a lot of them are the technical, the two year degree, which is good for a lot of people too, right? If you just want the yeah. two year degree, then great. Yeah. Um, you know, even when I went to school, technically there wasn't a mechatronics program. There was like, you know, m- one of my degrees was advanced automation and robotics, uh, which was definitely very applicable uh, and definitely right there around that. But then, like, one of the other things that I had to do was I had to take electrical and mechanical to kind of get that. Uh, mechatronics type of or at least both sides of things to have like the full mechatronics uh, right. background and, and skill set right yeah and it's yeah. and it's obviously it's it's paying off you know dividends for you but um <laughs> so yeah that the mechatronics piece you know we hear that pretty frequently um you know and, and, and even if um even if somebody you know personality wise even if they don't want to be like in a customer facing you know situation they maybe want to do more uh you know kind of you know, you know, service or, you know, kind of post sales work. I mean, if you can, if you can program a robot and, you know, you have the different languages down and, and that's, you know, that's kind of your thing. I mean, you're, you're never, you're never going to be short of options. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that, that's a, that's a, I mean, I, we, nothing's really recession proof anymore, but I mean, if you can, you know, if you can program a robot, um, and, and that's your career path, you know, just like you're, you know, at Fabtech with welding, you know, if you want to go into, uh, you know, welding, I mean, it's, there's, there is some security there, you know? Yeah. 101%. Definitely. Yeah. What going into more of the, uh, what people are looking for both on, you know, one half of that is the employer side of things. And the other half is the employee side of things. Right. Uh, what are you seeing some of the things that employers or job titles that uh, individuals are looking for? Uh, I mean, titles, titles are going to mean different things at, <laughs> at different companies, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think from the, from the employee side, um, you know, I, I think during, you know, during the early part of, of COVID, right. A lot of people, you know, we're all, we're all locked down and, you know, weren't, weren't really sure what was going to happen. Um, you know, and even as you got farther into that year, you know, talking with a lot of people when, when they had a lot of free time, they really kind of took a step back and looked in the mirror and they're like, you know, what's, what's really important to me? Like, what do I really want to do, um, you know, professionally so that I, I can feel, you know, I, I can, I can feel better. Right. Yeah. And excuse me. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've we've seen then, and I don't see this changing, is, you know, how is the work that I'm doing making an impact? How is it how is it inspiring change? You know, what is what is the value add, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, people want to feel, you know, good about the work they're doing, knowing that they're making a difference. And I think that, you know, especially with automation, you know, for every robot that's deployed. It's creating, you know, what, two, three jobs, you know, after the fact, you know, something along those lines. So, you know, so people, people, you know, want to feel good about that. Um, from the employer side, I think they're looking, you know, they're, they're looking for people who believe in the, in the vision and the message, you know, that, 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 uh, that the company is after. They're looking for people to... This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. 
Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. To, to not just be there for a paycheck and you know watching the clock, they really want people that are truly bought in, that are leaning in, um, that that get it right. You look at, you know, you look at a company like, you know, Gray Solutions, for example, in in Lexington, you know, and and their solutioneers, right? That they refer to their people as solutioneers. That's a great word, right? Yeah. And 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 every and like I said, the you know the company is is continuing to grow. Their people mm -hmm. are happy. They're they're making a tremendous impact. You know, in just the local Lexington community, but also, you know, nationwide, those are the companies right now uh, that 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 are attractive, you know, to people because because they they get it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, both on the employee and employer side, you'll see a big shift, and I think it's going to be part of it's going to be demand of what the employee is looking for, and the other part of it's going to be uh, the employer that implements this is going to see the long-term success and exactly. that that is the shift of you know people caring more about what they do in their career that like mm -hmm. you know uh that if people don't want to do the dirty job right like okay well then the employers you know need to put robots in place to not only just get that job done but then also to give a more exciting position for somebody to want to come in and do like robot programming Exactly. Uh, or, or some other type of mechanical engineering associated with it. But then I, I see something that's like much bigger, like an ecosystem thing. Like that's like one small example of it, like the ecosystem being, I think companies are almost going to have to go to like, I'll just use Google as an example where, you know, they have like kind of like a campus style setup where they have like foosball tables and, and courtyards to like eat and like, you know, just have like a really, uh, I can't think of what the word for it, but like ecosystem that people like really like being around. And, and, you know, maybe when they get off work, instead of like shooting straight home, they're actually going to the commons area and, you know, playing basketball or whatever the thing may be. Maybe it's video games or whatever. Right. But uh, I think there's going to be a shift in that to where, especially with there's the digitalization that's kind of, I think, going to push things. So like social medias and things like that. And it's going to push us to do new things and do things differently. And then mm -hmm. there's also going to be the fact just because we're so segregated with social media that we're right. actually going to be hungry to come together. And so like, like companies that can really do a good job at making people come together and, and have like a deeper relationship at work and not just a, Hey, this is my, my work buddy, but they actually, you know, maybe spend a little bit of time outside of work together. I think you'll yeah. start to see a lot of a lot of those culture changes. No, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of something that, you know, I saw firsthand. So, I mean, obviously we're, you know, most of us work remote, you know, here. Um, obviously we have a, you know, a designated office space, but, um, you know, most of our clients, their headquarters are everywhere else, you know, around the world. And we very rarely get to go visit them there. 
mm-hmm. but I had an I had an opportunity. Uh, it was right right before Labor Day, I think. So just just a couple months ago, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still getting over the sinus infection, so it's trying to kick this cough. But uh, no, we had an opportunity to actually go and visit with a client, you know, local here to Chicagoland, and they had recently moved to a new facility. This was their building. They weren't leasing it. They, you know, they, they bought it. It's theirs. And so they're giving us the tour. And the first thing that stood out is everybody else that we met or that we saw along the way, you could tell they, were, they wanted to be there. They enjoyed being with each other. Because uh, you and I have both been in places where, you know, you walk in and it's just like heavy hanging in the air. Like people just cannot stand being there right now. Right. Yeah. So, so this particular company... Uh, was the opposite of that. Pe- people really wanted to be there. But, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me is they had basically a, a playroom set up in their building for people if, you know, if, uh, you know, daycare fell through or something, you know, I, I, I had to pick up my kid, but I don't really have anywhere to take him for a couple hours till my spouse gets off or whatever. They had built a playroom with, you know, a chalkboard and toys and all this little tables for, you know, and I was like, man, what a cool idea. What a cool yes. idea. So I even, I took a video. I asked him if it was okay. I did like a quick little pan on my phone and I sent it to, to Gary here. I was like, hey boss, maybe we should do something like this here, you know? Mm. But uh, but yeah, to your point, creating spaces like that, um, I think is going to go uh, a, a long way. Because um, yeah. not, every, not everybody can be remote. You know, I yeah. get it, you get it. But for those that are going to be, you know, on site, if you can have a, a space like that, yeah. that that's going to sell itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the exact culture changes that I'm talking about is, is having like ecosystems like daycares and stuff like that. And also, like, where, where can we find it? I know there's a place where we can get a video of, of you guys and set up because I know you guys did uh, a really good job on getting your guys in the studio together and, uh, I'd like to play some B-roll in this, uh, in this, uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I know we have, um, so like outside and, and Chris, uh, Chris Lukey commented on when he was here for a ribbon cutting, but like right outside the door here, we had this uh, mural that we painted, you yeah. know, kind of highlighting, you yeah. know, our, uh, you know, our, um, and kind of the, the, the company culture and our vision. And, uh, there was like a time-lapse video of that getting created. And I think there's probably, you know, some other, some other videos that, that we've done too about, you know, this space. Cause, cause like I said, you know, we're not here every day, you know, anymore, yeah. but you know, when we do come in, I mean, you know, there's beer, there's beer in the fridge, the couches <laughs> are comfy, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just like being at home in a sense. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want that vibe. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll find something somewhere. You just send us some links and we'll get them posted awesome. up. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah, because I mean, like we, you know, we really haven't done that a lot with our office space, but it's the same thing. Like, you know, one, we're, we're, you know, a very young company still, and, and we're just reinvesting back in growth. Um, but that, that type of ecosystem is just like 101%. Like what, one thing that I see us doing as a company and I see like just every, every company almost having to do it or else people are just not going to want to work there. I mean, it don't matter if you're a, 
a GM plant and and you have welding robots all on the floor and it could it's going to have to be some level of, of that dirty right it's it's mm-hmm. robotic well or you know robotic welding um, or a fabrication shop it might be like that but that doesn't mean like your office area your lobby area some type of commons area where people can just go and you know that, that it can't be set up to be nice and have that that culture and, and ecosystem that people really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, our, you know, when I, when I first started here, you know, we had kind of, you know, the 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 old office, you know, we had kind of the traditional, you know, cube cube setup, and it was you know kind of an open, kind of a bullpen, you mm-hmm. know, type of setup, and you know, with with this new space now, it's the complete opposite of that. I mean, you know, we have a designated you know video production studio podcast studio here um there's like i said little um basically like workstations it's not even like a cube it's like you know just so workstations you come and get your laptop you know plug yeah. in do your work um yeah. you know we have you have some individual offices there's a big conference room um as well but like i said there's it's all you know it, it, you can basically sit down and work you know wherever you want you know and and be comfortable um and, and like I said, I, I, I agree with you. I think companies that are kind of kind of forward thinking, you know, like that. And, and, and then, you know, it's one thing to have that, too. But then you also you also have to be able to properly, you know, promote it and, mm-hmm. and highlight and showcase it, because if you don't, nobody's ever going to realize, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on behind those doors. So it's it's yeah. that's you know, you, you, you got to be able to, you know, we're talking about you know, social media before, that's part of your company brand. Yeah. Your 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 space, your lobby, if if your employees, if if somebody's there for an interview and you know everybody's saying hello to them or good morning or or introducing themselves along the way, I mean that's all part of the process, right? For you yeah. to try to attract and retain talent. Um that you know pe- people gotta get that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if this is a thing, but uh, a position that drives culture. In my mind, it should be the CEO. I don't know if some companies have like a culture position, like executive of culture or something like that. But uh, definitely, especially like a business of our size, like CEO, I think is like their number one job should be like driving culture and, and, you know, what the employees think about the company, what the outside uh, people think of the company. I guess that's kind of PR, but but also on a deeper fundamental cultural level, like just understanding, like what do I envision the culture being? Like what do I want people to think of this company when they come here, and then doing the things to put that in place, right? Because you could do all the PR, you could do all the social media posting and all that, but. Um, if you don't first like actually have that culture in your own mind, like that, to be honest with you, like one thing that we lost in the beginning was our culture because, you know, I started this company with a vision and you know, a very visionary type of individual. And, uh, you know, I want us to be one of the best, like we execute so quickly and da, 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 da. Right. And then I noticed like, after like that first year kind of like beat me up, like just starting through COVID and, and, uh, I, it kind of hit me like after like towards like the middle of the, of that first, that second year that I was like, Holy cow, I kind of lost sight of culture, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, then I had to retake it back to the thing. I, 
I basically called a team meeting with our team and I was like, look guys, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I fell off. I've been completely focused on, on just like the survival and success of the company. Like you're, you guys are going to see a new CEO of like starting from today forward, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just, you know, I had that, that click in my own mind that was like, it's my job as a CEO to, to mold what our culture looks like and to make sure that our employees are also molding what that culture looks like. And you don't run into issues with like negative cultures or cultures that just don't match. You don't even have to be a negative culture. It could be a positive culture. They're just not in line with what you envision the culture being of the company. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you too. I think it starts from, starts from the top down, but then, you know, leadership teams that are comfortable, you know, enabling their employees um, at the same time, you know, to kind of, in a sense, maybe like self-police, you know, a lot yep. of stuff and, and, and giving them, you know, give, giving them, um, you know, just as much ownership, right? Because, um, you know, everybody's got to be rolling in the same direction, you know? Yep. And, and if you're not, then, you know, obviously you're just, you're going to be going in circles. But um, I, I think that another thing right now too, that would define what we would call like a destination employer is not just having a good culture like that where their employees feel enabled, but, you know, giving, giving, uh, their employees the chance to speak up or have a voice um, and share ideas and, 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 and having, you know, having situations where, you know, no idea is going to be laughed at or, you know, shot down or that's ridiculous. We're never going to do that, you know, but everybody's voice, you know, is, is heard. Um, those, those are companies uh, that are getting that are again going to continue, um, you know, to to attract and retain talent. And I think it's easier said than done if it's you know a larger company and there's a lot of levels to it. But I don't think it's impossible. And I think it would. I think every, I think every manager, regardless if you're in you know a, a huge company or if you're in a small company with you know 50 people or less. But if you're in a management position regardless of the size of your team, you can still take those same principles and, and apply it, you know, just to your own little group, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I on and off do this. I want to do this daily, but it doesn't end up happening. Uh, where I, where we have like our entire elite team chat and like, I try to put in there, like, something about us that's like a cultural like one-liner or maybe maybe sometimes i write like a, a good paragraph right mm -hmm. and kind of just defining of like who i see us being or like things around culture right like that whole that whole message is culture related um so that way it's like touching the management it's touching the you know, individual employees that maybe like, I don't get the time to speak with on a daily basis, especially when I'm running around doing events and stuff like, um, and team, you guys, you got to guys, you got to stay on top of me on doing that. Right. Got to keep our, <laughs> keep our culture going strong. <laughs> right. Right. I know we, um, like I said, it's you know one of the many things I love about, you know, Gary here is, you know, even though we've, you know, all gone remote, like I said, I have some colleagues that are out of state now, you know, um, he still, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, we have, you know, a couple of different teams calls, you know, as a group uh, to start the week, to end the week. You know, we kind of do, 
you know, midweek huddles when we kind of break down projects, but, you know, and that's great. But in addition to that, you know, he still makes a point to call every week and just check in just to yeah. see how you do just to see how you're doing. Not, not yeah. just about work stuff, but you know, Hey, how, how, how are the kids? You know, how was Gabriel's football game? I saw you, you know, talking about that, you know, that, and that to me, that's important. It goes a long way, yep. you know, and, um, you know, like I said, you know, you, you alluding to the same thing. I mean, even if, even if, um, you know, you, you don't think it makes as big an impact, you might not realize, you know, from, from the employee side, you know, it really does. It makes them feel truly, you know, like they're a part of something, right. Yep. Um, and that you do care because you go, you know, above and beyond. Um, yep. that, that makes a huge difference for any company, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I kind of wrap up here, what are some valuable points that you can add for somebody looking to get into this industry and, or maybe they're looking for a position, maybe a higher, higher level position, uh, kind of talk to that, that type of audience. Sure. Um, I, I would say if, if somebody is looking at, you know, getting into you know, automation, you know, you, you definitely, you, you can't, you, you, you can't just be 50% invested. I mean, you gotta be a hundred percent invested. You have to uh, try as best as you can with different sources that are out there, you know, not just LinkedIn, but uh, whether it's, uh, you know, different, you know, magazines or publications, but, you know, you got to consistently educate yourself um, along the way to keep up with the latest trends. Um, I think that, you know, your, your network is your net worth, right? So if yep. you can, if you can surround yourself with as many like-minded people as possible, um, that's going to be worth its weight, you know, in gold. Um, and, and that's one thing too, that I, I can't speak for other industries, right? But I've made, whether it's on the candidate or the client side, I've made so many friends in mm -hmm. this industry, right? And, uh, you know, we have all these, you know, different threads going, you know, in conversations on LinkedIn. It's like, it really is an industry, you know, people, there's just so many good people that yeah. are in this industry. Um, so definitely, you know, pay attention to your network and who you're engaging with, you know, who you're following, what they're saying, um, you know, and, and don't, don't hesitate to, you know, reach out to somebody. You're like, Hey, I've, I've followed you for a couple of years or I followed your company. You know, I really admire, you know, what you guys do, how you do it, you know, how you present yourselves. Um, you know, I'd love to chat offline, maybe have a cup of coffee sometime just to kind of, you know, pick your brain on stuff. Like don't, don't be afraid to kind of put yourself out there. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications, and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Um, you know, within this industry, because there's a lot of knowledge in this industry that people want to share, right? So that that's that's another thing, you know, that I would mention too is if you're a younger person, you know, and you're you're you know looking at breaking into automation, you know, identify you know some some companies, um, you know, that 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 appeal to you for different reasons, and and you know, like I said, follow them, 
you know, reach out to some folks, introduce yourself, um, you know, maybe find a good recruiter, right, to, uh, to help tell your story. Uh, that, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. But, uh, but yeah, definitely got to be proactive for sure. It's, it's not going to happen unless you put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah, this is one that I'm probably going to say like a thousand times. It'll probably be on every podcast. But I wish I wish I would have spent much more of my career network building, uh, especially going into being a business owner. Like yeah. I went from being like I tell people the engineer in the basement to to operate in a company. And 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 the the few people that I did know in the industry were like mainly customers, maybe some vendors. Mm-hmm. But whenever whenever I le- I left from a systems integrator, so one of the uh, you know, contingencies with for me leaving with with our NDA and whatnot was basically to leave all those clients behind. Right. And you know, I, I didn't even want to, you know, I didn't even want to get into a situation where I'm even asking them for referrals for another companies or you know what I mean. I just wanted to okay, I'm leaving, like, I'm leaving you guys. We're gonna just mm-hmm. we're gonna cut it off here. I'm not gonna do anything to try to you know pursue your customers. And and so with that being said, I was left with minimally to to you know no contacts in in the industry after what well, i was with them for eight years and uh i was like literally the engineer in the basement you know doing project management and stuff like that as well but mm-hmm. um and then to go to start a business with no network and then i and then when i started the business i thought i'm gonna do events right and then COVID happened and then there, <laughs> there wasn't events and so right. uh i was like huh well now what there went there went my my one and only go-to for, uh-huh. for trying to start knowing people and, and knowing what's going on in the industry. Um, but yeah, so like you said, like just, you know, gaining a network and really building some, some individuals who are, who are friends and mm-hmm. by, by far this year right here, probably gain more friends than I have my entire lifetime from just networking, networking with individuals, trying to add value and, um, you know, like I said, putting yourself out there. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all about relationships, right? I mean, you're, you know, people are, people are, you know, people, pe- that's another thing too. I think maybe on a, on a kind of the, the social side coming out of COVID, I think people really, people, it really kind of forced people to identify, you know, who are the, who are the, the positive, you know, influencers in my life that, that I want to be around more, I should be spending more time with. And then who were kind of the, you know, the, the misery loved company people that are just trying to drag me down and I need to kind of, you know, get away from those folks. I think that was kind of a, there's a lot of people that I've talked to the last couple of years that have found success. You know, they had that come to Jesus moment where they're like, wow, this guy, this guy is not helping me at all. And, you know, they, they essentially, you know, kind of cut ties um, and then gravitate more towards, um, you know, the, the positive people um, you know, in their lives. Like I said, you're, you're a product of your environment, you know, good, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm, I'm a believer in that. I know there's, I know there's anomalies, you know, with that, but I do believe you're a product of your environment. So yeah, with your network, you know, surround yourself with, you know, as many like-minded people as possible. You're, you're not, you're not going to regret it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Michael, where, where can, uh, people find you at? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, obviously, you know, LinkedIn, uh, I spend pretty much every single day uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, so definitely connect with me there. You know, follow follow Miller Resource Group. Uh, like I said, we we support uh, food and beverage manufacturing and then all things automation, um, not just with, 
you know, robotics. I have colleagues that get into uh, more building automation, HVAC, energy management, warehouse automation, um, food, you know, food, you know, processing equipment manufacturers. I mean, any little niche within automation that you can think of, yeah. um, you know, that's the sandbox that we play in. And those are the types of folks that we support. Uh, but yeah, definitely connect with me on, on LinkedIn, reach out. I'm always open to chat. Um, even if you're not necessarily, you know, if you're a company and, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, how do we attract and retain top talent? That's a struggle. You know, we have a lot of resources here from a consulting standpoint that we can, that we can provide. Um, if you're a candidate, and if whether you're actively looking to making a change or you're just passive, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Like I said, I'm always here to to give some advice, you know, maybe, you know, you know, bounce some ideas back and forth. So that that's the one thing is, you know, like I said, don't don't hesitate to reach out. We're, we're here to help in any way possible. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. You guys are uh, have a podcast, too, don't you? Yeah. Travis, uh, Travis has I think it's called the Get Hired podcast so travis miller our vp uh has a uh, has a podcast and we're we kind of fell off <laughs> a little okay. bit uh you know when yeah. we were kind of moving between offices but uh yeah i actually um uh, one of our other vps gus Bajanis, uh on the food and beverage side he just put out a spot uh not too long ago i filmed one um not too long ago that hasn't dropped yet but there's a couple of us that are going to be a little more consistent with the yeah. podcast so you know, maybe the next time we can flip it and I'll come on and I'll ask you some questions and then we, okay. can, we can kind of pay it forward. How's that sound? Sure. Let's do it. Awesome. Yeah, and also, awesome. too, if you got if you could provide any like links or, or uh, whatever to that podcast, we'll share those out because, you know, yeah. definitely one of the whole purposes of this podcast is to get people in careers and Absolutely. educate them Absolutely. on how to do so. We'll take care of it. Like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for reaching out, man, uh, having me on. I, I was really looking forward to it. I told my kids today when they were going to school, they're like, they're like, they're like, Daddy, you're all dressed up. You know, I'm like, it's a, it's a big day, guy. I got a collared <laughs> shirt on. I took a shower. I, this is a big day for Dad, you know, talking <laughs> with Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm honored to have you as well. <laughs> no worries, man. Look forward to uh, look you. forward to meeting in, like I said, meeting in person, having a couple of cold ones together, okay? Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Awesome. All right, man. All right. Thank you.